went out the door. He said, Jim, you skipped a passage. I said, uh, no, I didn't, Walter. Uh, I said, one of us wasn't here last Sunday. Well, turned out he was right. I mean, I've only been wrong one other time. I thought I was wrong and I wasn't. (laughs) So he says. Anyway, he was on top of it. I tend to work ahead. And this is one uh, dialogue of our Lord with his enemies. and And I got the two mixed up. And I went on ahead, but it won't hurt. We'll be all right. Uh, now I've got to check something else that I didn't check. I was a little. Uh, can we have that uh, introduction up there? I want to see if I can read it. I forgot to bring the magazine. Okay. Here's a. Can we back up? Okay. Yeah, there we go. Is that the very beginning? Okay. I want the passage we've got and what's up here may not seem to make sense. I will make sense of it. The title of the article from Commentary Magazine, one of the best magazines I've ever had. It's a Jewish, conservative Jewish magazine. They're not Christians, but they sure are intelligent, very intelligent and have some of the best articles I've ever read. And the title of the article is The Return of Paganism. Let me read this. It digs into my time, but I want you to have a context for this. The first line will not make a lot of sense to you. Don't worry about it. How to make sense of such a statement. What to do when a newspaper headline tells you about a trans woman left sobbing at JFK airport after a TSA agent hit her testicles. Let's move on. Appealing to reason, this Jewish writer says, hardly helps as J.K. Rowling and others learned the hard way when trying to ask simple questions about how one might define sex if not according to the chromosomes rooted in literally every cell of our bodies. Instead, anyone wishing to find his way through the thicket of American public discourse these days should start by embracing one simple and terrifying idea. The barbarians are at the gates. I mean this almost literally, he says. Everywhere you turn these days, pagans are afoot, busily hacking away at the Christians and Jewish foundations of American life and replacing them with a cosmology, a view of the world, that would have been absolutely coherent to followers of, say, Voltumna, the Etruscan earth god, or to those who worshipped 
the silk tribal protector, Taratus. If you think the above paragraph is a bit overblown, consider the numbers. In 1990, that's when I came to this church. In 1990, scholars from Trinity College set out to learn just how many of their fellow Americans practiced some form of pagan religion. The numbers were unsurprisingly small, about 8,000, or enough to pack your average journey reunion concert. But the researchers ask again in 2008, about 18 years later, and this time, notice the jump, 340,000 Americans said yes to paganism. We're not done. A decade later, the Pew survey posed the same question. And if it is to be believed, there are now, as we sit here, about 1,500,000 Americans professing an array of pagan persuasions from Wicca to the Viking lore, making paganism, get this, one of the nation's fastest growing persuasions. They're having a big, I'm inserting the big national confab conference in Boston for Satanism. Did you know that? Big. So fast growing, in fact, that my colleague, Maggie Phillips, recently reported in Tablet Magazine about the thriving and officially recognized pagan faith groups within the U.S. Army. What's important now, one of its leaders, Sergeant Drake Scholler, told Phillips, is showing religious respect and understanding for this, is the idea, across the board. As Norse pagans or heathens return to a distinguishable religious practice. Well, there you are. There you are. This is our America and our Western world. It's here. It's not coming. It's here. Like artificial intelligence. It's here. Deal with it. Well, this passage before us today accents, the Lord accents, Jesus as the light of the world. This is not light. He is the light. Let me read a little bit of it. I'm challenged for time with all this. Bear with me. If you need a coffee before I get through, go ahead. Verse 12 of chapter 8. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. That was darkness. But shall have the light of light. The Pharisees, therefore, said to him, You're bearing witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. What they meant by that is this. 
in Jewish legal terms, if you're going to go into court, you had to have, according to Deuteronomy, two or three witnesses to back up your testimony. They said, you're just a blowhard. I'm the light of the world. Well, hey, guy, that won't stand up in a Jewish court. You don't have any witnesses to back you up. So your witness is not legally true. It's not legally binding. Jesus answered and said to them, well, just a minute now. Even though I bear witness of myself, the only one person you see standing here, you see me talking, and I am bearing witness of myself. I said I am the light of the world. Just the same, my witness is true. For I know where I came from. He meant from heaven. And I know where I'm going. I'm going back. Though you think you do, his Jewish contemporaries, you think you know where I came from. You think I came from that podunk city up there of Nazareth in Galilee. You do not really know where I came from or where I'm going. Verse 15. You people judge according to the flesh. What does he mean by that? Well, you're mortal human beings. You're in the flesh, according to the flesh. That's as high as you can reach because you're just natural-born human beings. You don't have any supernatural endowment. You are not born again of the Spirit of God. You have eyes that see, but they don't see. Kind of like me these days. You're not seeing clearly. You judge according to the flesh. In other words, you judge things superficially according to the appearance of things. You can't get below that. You cannot see spiritual realities. You're blind to them. So, I'm not judging anyone. Well, what does Jesus mean? Because we read at times he does make judgments about people. What he means is, as we filter it all, is this. I came into the world, as it says in John 3, I came into the world not to condemn the world, but I came into the world, and it's still true to this minute, in order that lost mankind might be saved. So it's not my normal thing, Jesus is saying as we amplify. It's not my normal thing to stand before you and make judgments about people. But even when I do judge, and sometimes he does, sometimes when I pull that switch and I decide to make a judgment, I want to tell you something. My judgment is true. For I'm not alone in it, but I and he who sent me are in concord. We're in concert. We're in harmony. I just don't go off and act as a free agent. So he's letting them know that there is more than one witness. But let's go back to your legal terms. Verse 17. Even in your law, it has been written, 
that the testimony of two men is true, legally binding. Well, hear me. Verse 18. I am he who bears witness of myself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're not seeing this. There happens to be another witness invisible to you. My Father who sent me into this world bears witness to me. Two, one, two. Well, they're not getting it. It's the way it is when we're in the flesh. It's the way it is when we're natural born people, born into this world in our birthday suit, naked as a jaybird. That's the way we are. We don't have anything else going for us. Our apparatus is down low. And we can't see spiritual reality. So they were saying to them, you, hey guy, you said you're a father. Anybody see his father over there? Anybody see his father over here? What are you talking about? There's just you, Jack. One witness. And Jesus says, that's where you're wrong. There's another witness. In his words and in his works, the Father speaks. If you had known the Father, verse 19, you would also know me. Stop right there. There's a, you, you've heard this before. There's this idea in our world. This is part of the pagan philosophy. All right. There is no truth. First premise of pagan philosophy. There is no truth. There's nothing true. Everything is permissible. Except when they don't want it to be. And Jesus says, you can't see spiritual reality. But if you'd known me, you would have known my father. Look, Jesus is identifying what he says with what his father in heaven says. It's the God the Father, God the Son, and there's God the Spirit, the Trinity. We speak with one voice, one voice. We're saying the same thing. So we've got this idea in our world where just about anything passes muster that the pagans want to pass muster, that uh, there are many, oh, it's, it's sold, it's almost trite. There are many ways to God. You choose your path, I'll choose my path. You choose your truth, I'll take my truth. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I represent the Father. There aren't two ways, there aren't three ways. And that pagan proposition that nothing is true, everything is permissible, is sheer darkness, not true. If you had known the Father, of course the Jews claim to know the Father. If you had known the Father, you would instantly recognize who I am. But there's a disconnect, a huge disconnect. Verse 19, if you knew me, you would know my Father also. You wouldn't have to be, where's your Father? You would know who my Father was, and you would instantly heal, come to attention. 
Verse 20, these words he spoke in the treasury right there in the temple area as he was teaching in the temple. Then a funny thing, we've seen this before. Man, they wanted it. They were gnashing their teeth. This cat's got to go. He's got to go. Got to get rid of him somehow. He's having an influence on the multitudes. Some of them are going for him. We can't let this happen. We get these people all stirred up. And the Romans will come in and they won't like it and they'll take away our place. They'll take away our privilege. They'll take away everything we've earned, they thought. we got to shut him down. Well, there's a funny thing happened on the way to that arrest. And what was it? Somehow they couldn't bring it off. We're not told how. We've seen it before. They wanted to get him so bad, but nobody was standing there to say, hey, leave him alone. They couldn't get their hands on him. Why? He stood there because a sovereign God in some manner or other not described stood in their way, and it's like their feet were frozen. They couldn't take him which brings us back to all who know him. We're living in threatening times. I don't think this is overstatement what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this life in one piece. I just, I don't know if you're going to get out of it in one piece. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anything will happen. But I know this. I don't like the way this world is shaping up. But you're not going to be thrown into any jail that the Father does not want you to be in. You're not going to go to any guillotine like the French Revolution that the Father does not want you under. As long as he is on your side, you're safe. Now, he may not will for all of us to be safe, but we're hated in this society. Oh, it doesn't show in every place. We go in, buy lunch, everybody seems nice. (laughs) But all that can change in a hurry, if you know any history, how fast it can change. But if they couldn't take Jesus, they can't take you. They took him, but it was in the Father's time. Nothing's going to happen to you except when the Father in his sovereign will says, now's the time. The time came for Jesus not too long later. But you're safe in him as long as it... Uh, oh, see, will you? Will you bring me your Bible? I want to read it from you. I want to read this translation. I was just reading it yesterday. It fits right in here. I want to go to Psalm. Have your coffee. Just wait. I'll be right with you. Listen to this. Psalm 75. I choose the appointed time. This is God. I 
choose the appointed time. This is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I choose the appointed time. What appointed time? Name it. It is I who judge with equity. Now, I love this verse. Write it down. This is Psalm 75, 3. When the earth and all of its people quake, it is I who hold the pillars firm. Don't you love that? When the earth and all of its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. That's what's going on here. Everything was quaking all around Jesus. They wanted to get him. But somehow, mysteriously, they couldn't get their arms around it and accomplish their purpose. Well, what applies to him applies to his people. So he said, no one seized him because his hour, God's, the Father's appointed hour. God has a time for you and me, a time for us to be there, a time for us not to be there, a time for us to be delivered, a time for us not to be delivered, a time for us to prosper, a time for us not to prosper. Our lives are under the sovereign hand of God. He leads us. He guides us. And he's in control. Now he begins to speak to them what is a complete mystery. It's just like the things I'm talking about. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, this is not a put down. It's a reality. There's talking back and forth. And he says in verse 21, he says to them, look, I got a message for you. I'm going to go away. Go away. Where's this guy going? And you're going to seek me. And you're going to die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. We're going to parse all that. I'm going away. Well, he knew that the time for him to die at the hands of the Greeks, the Romans, the Greeks, the Gentiles, and the Jews, was eminent. That was just down the road. That would be the Father's time. I'm going to go away. Where's he going to go? You're going to seek me. What do you mean by that? The Jewish people were going to seek him. They didn't get all this. What he meant was, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go away. And you, the chosen people, you're going to be seeking me, still looking for your Messiah. Hey, he's come. He's gone. But you're still going to be looking for him. Oh, we need the Messiah. Oh, what hell has broken loose on us? And in 70 AD, hell like they'd never imagined did break loose on them. You shall seek me, oh, God, sin. Send Meshua, send the Messiah, send him, please. Let him intervene. There was not going to be an intervention. You're going to die in your sins. Folks, we die in one of two ways. We die in Christ as our Lord and Savior by God's grace through faith. 
or we die in our sins with all the penalty thereof. Jesus says, I'm telling you right now, that's what's going to happen to most of this nation. You've done this awful thing. You've rejected the Messiah. And now you're doomed to die in your sins through the judgment of my Father who is in heaven. Where I'm going, you cannot come. But where could this fellow possibly go that we cannot come? Back to his Father in heaven. That's timeless. What he said to them is still timeless. If you do not receive the Messiah, if you do not receive the Christ, if you do not receive Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who came into the world by the Father's will to save us from our sins, well, you're going to die in your sin. You're still seeking him. No, you're not seeking Jesus. But you're seeking something empty inside, something gnawing at you. There's a God-sized hole right in the middle of your soul. You want to fill it up with something, paganism, something like that, trying to save a salamander, something weird like that. But you're not going to find it if you do not find it in Jesus. He is the light of the world. There is no light any other place. There's no light where people are going. I've, as you know, I've had a ton of education. I believe in education. I don't believe in propaganda. Education is a good thing. But you can get all the education in the world and still be blind as a cave bat. And that's where most people are. And whatever they're seeking, they're not going to find. The soul is restless until it finds its rest in him. The heart is blind until it finds its light in him. He is not a light. He is the light of the world. There is no other light. We're groping around as a world in darkness, and we have forever. He came into the world to be your light to be the light of the world, for that's what he is. He enlightens the soul. He enlightens the mind. And in him we find the truth. And outside of him we do not. So he says in verse 22, the Jews were, or they were saying, what's he going to do, kill himself? Is he talking about suicide or something? He says, where I'm going, you cannot go. Then he said to them, translation, here's the problem between you guys, between myself. You are from below. Now that has a double sense. You are from below. That means they are from earth. 
those who are of the flesh can rise no higher than the flesh. I am from above, from heaven. They're not only from the below, just the earth. They belong to the demonic world. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you shall die in your sins. Unless, unless, what a big unless. Here's hope. Unless you believe that I am he. There again, it's one of those things you see it often. In the Greek it says, we see it, unless you believe, ego a me, which means I am. And what does I am mean? Go back to Exodus. Moses said, told you this last week, Moses said, who shall I tell the people of Israel, my countrymen, who shall I tell sent me? And the Lord said in Hebrew, not in Greek, ego a me, tell them I am. I am that I am. That's all you need to tell them. What Jesus says here, playing on that, you tell them I am. Who are you? One I've been telling you from the beginning. He is there saying, but they can't get their arms around it. I am Yahweh. That's what Yahweh means. Ego in Greek. Ego in me. In Hebrew, Yahweh. I am. I am God. That was a personal name for God to the Hebrews. They knew. Oh, it grated on their soul that he was claiming equality with God, as we saw back in John chapter 5. Well, who are you? Jesus says, I've been telling you from the beginning in his works and words. They weren't getting it. And we live in a world that still doesn't get it. Verse 26, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. And But he who sent me is true. He's the real deal. The things which I've heard from him, these things I've been speaking to the world, you've been hearing but not hearing. Well, there we are. He is the light of the world. And the issue before every man and woman in this room or any other room is this. Will you believe that or will you not? Will you blow it off or will you receive it? Look, there are many, I'm a teacher. There are many different styles and I can get animated. I haven't always sat in this chair. <laughs> but longer I've gone into ministry, you don't see me get up here and get all wound up. I tell you, oh, I don't have a handkerchief. I tell you, folks, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. You don't see me doing that. There is no use because of the Spirit of God is not opening eyes to see, ears to hear. If he's not making cracks in the heart, nothing is going to happen everybody's going to remain blind as a bat. So all we do 
All we need to do is just speak the truth and let the truth land where it will. And those that God gives eyes to see, he will give eyes to see. Those to whom he'll give ears to hear, they will hear. Maybe not today, maybe it'll be tomorrow. But in the Father's appointed time, the light will land. And they will know that what Jesus said in John 14 to his disciples, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. And those that won't receive it are not going where he's going. They're not going into the Father's presence. They will go to hell. There is a heaven and there is hell. There is judgment and there is justification. If anybody is here and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you are here for a reason. I don't know what prompted you. I'm so glad. But I have no idea what prompted you to get up say, I'll go to church this morning. I'll go to Lake Bible Church this morning. I have no idea what all was behind that. But there was something behind that. And it was for you to, to hear. You see that God is merciful. God is gracious. He's not going to break your arm to get you to receive Jesus. But he will put the message before you. And you will hear it maybe like they heard it. Okay, is he done yet? I'd like to get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heard all that stuff before. Well, that will condemn. Because one day, standing before God and giving your account, I don't mean this is real, but it's for something like, well, I didn't know. How was I to know? Tape recorder. And guess whose voice you hear? This one. That lame brain? <laughs> yeah, that was my lame brain. And he told you the truth. He told you that I said, I am the light of the world. Not A, but the. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the light. And I came into the world to make an atoning sacrifice for your sins. So you might not be judged, but you might be justified before me. For by grace you're saved through faith. Think. Off to the left line and into eternal darkness. See, God's word never returns to him void. You know, I'm kind of like you. I get up here and I do this Sunday after I've been doing this for 60 years. Sometimes I hear myself talking. Get up on Sunday and say, sometimes I'm tempted. What good is it? They'll hear 
in some version or other, Jesus is the light of the world. What good is it going to do? Hear it, and I hear it. I teach it, and I teach it, and I hear it, and I hear it. And one day one of us dies, and it's all over. But God's word does not return into him void. He sent it out to you. He sent it out to all of us. He sends it out through whatever venues, through whatever voices, all the time. And every once in a while, it catches an ear and it catches fire. And somebody says, that's the truth, I know it. They receive Jesus. But God's word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You're not judging it, it's judging you. Judging your eyes, your ears, the disposition of your heart toward him. I'm the light, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm not so sure. You don't have to be. It's the truth. I know it's the truth, Jesus said. So where does that leave us? It leaves us where it always does. You've got a decision to make if you don't know him. Those of us who do know him is to understand in this dark and crazy and more and more paganized world where the light is. Get in line with it and follow it, no matter what the cost. And it may be more costly than you ever imagined. Those of you who don't, it's time to find that light and follow it. How do I follow it? Well, what I've told you before, there's the light, go after it. There he is, receive him. Remember what I told you last week? How did Aussie and I get married? Well, she fell on her knees and begged me to marry. No. <laughs> no, not quite. I said, I do. I do. Big words. She's reminded me of them all week. I do. You got to make a decision. Well, don't be like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Jewish Senate. Don't say, well, where is he? He's here. His spirit is among us. He knows every thought you're thinking. He knows every decision you're making or not making. Just respond to him right there. Say yes to Jesus. Well, who do I tell? Tell him. It'd be good if you came and told me. I'd be real happy. <laughs> But that's not necessary. And then follow him in baptism to announce to the whole wide world that I am following Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your son into the world to redeem us from our sins. He came to us as the light of the world. And our Father, help us to follow him to say yes to him, 
and to ourselves become reflected light in this ever-darkening world. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. the punch. Amen. Well, we're going to close with one last song of praise.